Hello and welcome to another Tales of the Terrorized Territories. No, wait, I got that wrong. <laughs> tormented Space. Tales of Tormented Space. I'm Kai. I'm Kaki. And uh, welcome to this You're completely Kai? unreleased, un- unrehearsed uh, uh, intro. Unrealized intro. Unre- oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We've just finished season four, episode 11, Unrealized Reality. We're recording this immediately after. Now, originally I thought, okay, so we'll just do these both at the same time. And I was doing my prep and I realized, oh, I haven't done a, I haven't selected a fanfic yet. Oh, there must be loads and loads. I can trust Terra Firm Escapers. Right. Not realizing, like, okay, there, there are a few. Yeah. But, like, if you were a fanfic writer, what the fuck would you be doing now? Probably, probably pulling my beard hairs out. Right. <laughs> so, um, I now realize why there are so few stories to select from in the, in the episode fillers section of the Terror yeah. from Escapers, which has been such a reliable source of these fantastic fanfics. So there were several stories that have been written relating to unrealized realities. One yeah. of them was called Realized Realities and uh, oh. a few other ones. But this episode that we've just watched marked the end of the first half of season one, and then there was a bit of a hiatus for the next yeah. one. So writers had lots of time. Lots, lot, lots and lots of time. So they got, wrote lots and lots of words. Yeah, so this other story that I was looking at, which uh, had a, a really good premise, namely something that Aaron said in the first episode, you know, my people might have helped you. Yes. Right? Which, in hindsight, is maybe where a lot of the sort of John as a PK agent or maybe even peacekeeper right. came from the last yeah, episode. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was 179,000 words. That's going to take a while to read. Going to take a while to read. Yeah. Even the first chapter. That's, was like, like, that's like a novel? That isn't. Well, according to uh, the National Novel Writing Month, the novel is about 50,000 words. That right. Great starts, you know, yeah. Great Gatsby, uh, Twilight, thereabouts. So this yeah. is four times as much. Right. So, yes. A little bit too long to do in one of our sessions. So instead, we're doing this one, which I found. It is called Three Women by Officer Sun524. Originally posted at Kansas, which is title of this forum before, or the, yes. the previous forum, right? First you had Kansas, and then you had Terra Firma, Scapers. And it is part of the Companion Chronicles series, oh. apparently. And the summary reads, this is the companion to Unrealized Realities, rated PG. Thanks again to KNS, as usual, for beta. Not sure who that is. Probably another uh, Not Scaper. Not Zelda. Oh, there's a lyric here. It's another one of those ones with the lyrics. This oh, yes. is Billy Joel. Do you, how are you on your Billy Joel? Not this song. Billy Joel. Okay, do you want to try a melody? We'll both take a sip of gin, and then we'll see if a melody comes to us. Let's see. So, um, so we'll argue and we'll compromise. And realize that nothing's ever changed. For our all mutual experience. Our separate conclusions are the same. We're just doing wicked, aren't we? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I realized that I was immediately started going to launch into Piano Man, but like, that's not going to work. If you want to get him back, that's not the language you need to learn. Oh, yeah, you're a real feck giving advice. Gianna moves through the passageway, shaking her head. Sure, Nixa. Tell Aaron. Give her a few pointers about dealing with men. Sure. Men, stupid. Right now, Dargo is in front of her, unaware of her presence as, she ro- as he roams Crichton's quarters, riffling through cabinets and looking under bed covers. Hey, hey, what are you doing? He looks up at her, a grimace of disgust on his brow, and waves her away with a big hand. Nothing. Don't have you something else to bother? He pulls the covers back over the bed, and she follows behind him, rearranging the blanket so it looks untouched. 
Crichton's going to kick your Ema. Not that you wouldn't deserve it. <laughs> she gets a hiss from him for his troubles. <sighs> Crichton's fighting so, flying so high, I'm surprised he needs a suit. Did you know about it? About the drugs? No. Ah, uh, not Crichton. Yes, Crichton, that feckick. All this over a female, as if it's going to make any bit of a difference. Bitterness zings her, loud and clear. He sits on the bed, and she wanders to him, lays her hands on his shoulders. She wanders... Okay, it's a, a bit of a weird syntax. She wanders over to him, lays her hands on his shoulders. He wants to play his game fine. She's better at hers. Come on, Darko. Light enough. Crichton, Crichton's a big boy who can take care of himself. And Aaron? He pushes her hands away and stands up. Aaron left him. She left him when she went on Talon, and she left him for that assassination squad, and she's left him wondering about the pregnancy. He narrows his eyes at her. He's making it harder than it needs to be. Yeah, Dargo, I know, I know. Just cut her out of his heart, right? Works real well. Frell, it pretty much works for you, right, Captain? Come on, you're oh. the happiest people on the ship, right? Oh. <laughs> just, just, just let me think this through. Mm, you do that, Dargo, and let me know when you get it all figured out. Gianna! One arm reaches towards her. Frell, you, Dargo. She turns and leaves him there. Alone. Whoa. <laughs> oh, and another song. Now we are forced to recognize our inhumanity. A reason coexists with our insanity. Summer Highland Falls, verse 2. I love how, how songs can sort of be presented like they're, oh, Shakespearean sonnets. Yeah. <laughs> you instantly become the most important to me. Save Crichton. A slow smile forms on Versicosa's lips as the comb completes his stroke through her hair. See, I thought it was a comb, too. Scorpius, <laughs> half Scarron, half Peacekeeper. I think you're her right. Her ally, her protector, her only foothold in the ship of fools who spend most of their time worrying about the pettiness of their own existences. Existences. Existences, yeah. <laughs> she keeps herself uninvolved. Would Eren ever recapture Crichton's affections, or had she lost him to the wormhole? Would the Luxon transfer his attention from the ship and back to Chiana? Would Rigel quit his snivelling? She suppresses a laugh. Petty, all. They paid no heed to Scorpius, never realising that the minutiae was meaningless if they all fell under Scarron domination. How could Scorpius stand the idea of Crichton possessing the key to wormholes, Crichton with his false bravado and shifting emotions? The idea that her fate was tied to his kept her from a sound sleep most nights. Sikozu, Scorpius' gloved hand smooths her hair and lays her comb aside. You look pensive. She closes her eyes. Kalish, executed by the Scarron prefect in her territory, simply for not paying proper homage to him. Scarron warlords destroying cycles of Kalish learning. Kalish leaders finally compromising, finally agreeing to become the third piece of the triumvirate of Scarron force. Charred brutality and Kalish intelligence. The Scarons could not have administered their empire were it not for the Kalish academia who'd relinquished their people's freedom in exchange for survival. All that, her future, their future, tied to Scorpius and John Crichton, all through her sheer misfortune of her crash-landing her pod in the wrong, dying Leviathan. Pensive, yes. It's all she'll allow him. Like Aaron, 
She fears she too will take second place to a wormhole. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, that's excellent! And though we choose between reality and madness, it's either sadness or euphoria. Summer Highland Falls. Again, chorus. Ready. The words leave her mouth, her eyes refusing to see the literal fruition of her fears. A wormhole has swallowed him whole, and he's gone. Erin leans back on her heels, crouched on the ledge, staring at the portal. One word. John? Dumbfounded. Frel peacekeeper training. Assassination squads. None of it prepared for the emptiness in front of her. Officer Sun! Pilot's words snap her to her feet. I've lost contact. She turns in time to see Scorpius striding in and past her without a look, his eyes fixed on the starlit sky. Sikozu follows him, but stops in front of her, one eyebrow cocked in a challenge. You lost him in the wormhole? The Kalisha's mouth turns into a wry smile. What happened here? Scorpius spins towards Aaron and grabs her arm. What happened? She shakes free of him. Wow, I, I think she would do more than just shake oh, free if yes. Scorpius touched Aaron. Then again, she came on board with him. And he, he packs quite a punch himself. Huh? The wormhole swallowed him up. Impossible. The word is garbled in a growl. Pilot, I insist that you fix on this position immediately. Scorpius, there is no signal. What the frell is going on? Dargo stomps past her, Chana sliding in behind him at a full run. No Noranti yet, nor Rigel. Didn't matter. Two more voices to the cacophony. Crichton's gone, Sikozu says. Erin moves forward one of the control consoles, running her palms over the readings. He was there, an anomaly. Then the fluctuation that sucked him down before her eyes. No one could control a wormhole, not even him. Foresee, perhaps, but had he foreseen this? Had she sent him through the wormhole, chased him to his only means of escape from her? No. Recriminations were pointless. Pilot, give us a fix on his last position. Dargo's voice rises above the low thrum from the others. Chana cursing under her breast at, the latest at their latest misfortune. Scorpius and the Kalish discussing the technological aspect of the wormhole. There is no signal, Captain. His notebook. She squeezes her eyes shut, trying to visualize the equations, but all she can see are words. Meaningless words. Angle of entry. Vector. Velocity. No, no, no. Think soon. Time, space, behind her closed eyes, equations spin into a quagmire of black ink and skin. Whoa. She's muttering, but Chiana comes up alongside her, placing a caring hand on the small of her back. Hey, Aaron, it, it's not your fault. It's not like you had control. You're not going to leave him out there. Scorpius's voice is harsh as he moves towards Dargo. Back off. Erin opens her eyes, turns briefly to the scene behind her, Scorpius and Dargo, squaring off as Ikozu checks the reading on the other command console, and Chiana slips in behind Dargo. A showdown. She turns away. Pilot. Erin. We wait for it. The answer is in front of her, in empty space. Nowhere to go. No sense in leaving. He knew where to find it. She knows where to find him. She doesn't smell the wormhole, doesn't feel it, doesn't sense it in any way. Not wormholes, not even a connection to John. Just... The din behind her grows louder. Scarron curses uttered as a response to Luxon's attempt to dominate. Yes, Officer Sun. She knows Pilot has turned his attention to searching for an opening, a signal from John, and he'll wait as long as it takes she asks him to. So, what's it going to take? What do I have to do? Just waiting... 
It's all she knows for certain now. If she waits, if she displays the capacity to endure that had been required of her as an assassin, she bites her lip, worries it between her teeth. She had never failed at anything. And so she waits. The end. <laughs> oh, wow. Not quite the uh, five things that never happened on Moya, which I just remembered is what you called, is what you said when we started the recording, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of what we should have totally called the last episode. But thank you so much for Office, to Officer Sun, 524, and of course, always to uh, the Terra Firm Escapers and Kansas Forum that came before. Um, for providing us with these lovely stories to read for you. And of course, to you for listening, our beloved listeners. This was another Tales of Torment and space. space. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Never going to explain that, are we? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ask any Dutchman. <laughs> or South African. Uh.